Alright, hello everybody and welcome back to another Strictly Hip Hop episode. And this is a 2016 album review of an album that's been out for a while, Untitled Unmastered. And once again with me is Will Wade. What's up guys, I'm back again. <laughs> Will Wade is back again. Now this is the guy that makes all my beats like I've said before yeah. in previous podcasts. This guy is the greatest, the the greatest master, beat maker. Best in the HTP. <laughs> He's in my phone as a contact as Will Wade Beat God. And <laughs> That's it, true. And he lives up to the title, let me tell you. So I'll put his link in SoundCloud. Unmatched. You guys can check him out. Uh, local you. rappers, check him out for sure because it, yes. you, need some, you need some better production. Hit me up. Yes. Just DM me on Twitter or something. All right, let's get into it. We got, we got Untitled Unmastered. Cornrow Kenny. Cornrow Kenny. He was born with a vision. Yep. All right, guys. Uh, Untitled Unmastered, Will. This was a little EP that kind of dropped out of nowhere. Now, yeah. if you're if you're a TDE fan like me and you follow TDE religiously, I, I kind of connected the dots um, and knew this was coming, but I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. It all started with, uh, to give a little background story, this is a little 8-track EP that was released, and these are all just songs that were recorded during the process of To Pimp a Butterfly, and they, he actually puts the dates in the title of the tracks so that you know when they were recorded, and so these were all recorded through the process of To Pimp a Butterfly, and it shows the evolution and sound of the album, and yeah. it all started when LeBron James tweeted after Kendrick's Grammy performance, we need to we need to hear all these unreleased songs, because he'd been performing them on all different platforms. Thank you, LeBron. And Yeah, thank you, LeBron. I mean, that's arguably greater than getting a ring. Yeah. <laughs> forget, <laughs> forget, the fact, yeah forget the fact that he beat a team that went 73-9, and the best team ever, and went down 3-1 to after, like, almost nobody's done that in the finals. Only, like, two other teams have done that. Forget all that. The fact that he brought Untitled Unmastered and gave us a whole new Kendrick project yes. is uh, just... The best thing he's ever done. The best thing he's ever done. His that's on, oh, That that's should what, be on his career. That's what he'll be remembered for in the that's, years to come. That's what LeBron James will be remembered for. The guy that that brought Kendrick in an, another album he and... He tweeting like Jay Electronica or something. He also, yeah, yeah. <laughs> LeBron, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast... Let's start we know you are, man. We know yeah. you are. We know you are. Big fan, by the way. Um... <laughs> Go go! Shout out Jay Electronica. Make a Jay Electronica uh, album happen. <laughs> but no, that this is the greatest accomplishment of LeBron's career. Obviously, yes. we're joking. Let's get into it. Untitled, unmastered. Like I said, eight track EP. And so Top Dog released. Hey, I'm gonna or said, Hey, I'm gonna release a project right now from a surprise TDE artist. And I was like, Well, he's not gonna release Schoolboy Q or anybody else without promoting it. So he's gonna do Kendrick because Makes Kendrick, sense. if he throws it out, it's just gonna go. Yeah. And so it it happened, and I was texting because a photo leaked, and I knew I knew this was coming. And so, anyways, we're here, untitled, unmastered. Will let's start with track one. Now, to of me, <laughs> to me, we're just gonna go track by track because this is just a short eight eight track EP. Yep. So to me, when I first heard it, it was so. It starts with Bilal's creepy vocals, very creepy vocals. Yes. And it's just a very dark and eerie track. And Kendrick starts rapping after about a minute of just like, the beat really setting the tone, and then he uh, he's just describing this vivid picture of the world ending, questioning his faith with God, and asking. He even asks in this album, uh, or in the song rather, he asks why is, why is this happening to him when he gave the world to Pimp a Butterfly, an album that was supposed to save humanity. Shout out to Dead End Hip Hop because uh, Mike Seatown said this on Dead End Hip Hop too, and I I totally agree with this. The fact that he, I've never seen a man so like 
convicted by his faith and like um as Kendrick is in his music like I've never seen yeah. that with an artist. He, it's really important to him, you can tell. He's always, yeah. it's, a big, it's like a central theme for like every single album. Every single album, because I for mean, sure. in To Pimble Butterfly, he's got, he's got God and the Devil, he's got, you know, mm-hmm. Lucy's, Lucy's song, you know. Yeah, that's like the major theme, really. Exactly. His like, like struggle with morality and, then and things. Good Kid Mad City, there's the prayers and all that throughout the yeah. album and everything. And Good Kid Mad City starts off with the... Yeah, it starts off with the, the prayer and yeah. closes with, uh, well, it doesn't close with it, but it's singing Dying of, Dying yeah. of Thirsty, mm-hmm. he has a prayer too. And it comes back around. So religion and Christianity has always been a central theme in Kendrick's music, and it was just it was just very crazy because that song just really paints a picture, and you're just like, what is going on? He's he can say he's describing he can... all these buildings falling and everything. It's crazy, and the beat really reflects that too. Yes, it does. It's uh, per- it's a perfect beat for this it, dystopian it, setting, like it the is. apocalypse. It is. It's really like it really sounds like an apocalypse. Um, what it, did you have anything you wanted to add on that track? Like it covered of, pretty much everything. He, okay. Kendrick brings it yeah. as usual. Yeah, as usual, it was a great verse, and it's just it really catches you for the beginning of an album. It does. It does. It or really project, I should say. Yeah, project. We'll we'll call it a project. Uh, so track two, to me, very dark, hitting, and it's just this hard, grimy ass. This beat. track, I think the thing that stands on this track is it shows off how of a rapper Kendrick is just in terms of like flow and delivery mm-hmm. on this track alone he probably changes up how he's delivering the lines yeah his versatility yeah versatility shows. for sure yeah. at least like four or five times I think yeah he's like changing his, the, like the pitch the, yeah. fl- the, the flow obviously yeah. the candidates stuff like that he's just so he's just so versatile I think this was this was a lot like backseat freestyle where like he just showed off his wide range of versatility yeah and it's just such a hard hitting beat, man. One of yeah. the one of the that hardest beat. hitting beats. Who made that beat? Do you know? Um, I have the, I have the credits here. Hold on, give he, me he, one he second. He uses the a, a really like select group of producers usually yes. on his album. It's uh it's Cardo and Young Exclusive, yeah. and it's a, uh also Thundercat was involved. Terrence oh. Martin, of course, is on the saxophone because he was all yeah. over the uh to pimp the, those fly. jazz influences. Yeah. And uh, Thundercat was did the bass as well. Thundercat. So I'm so happy. Thundercat yeah, Thundercat, and Thundercat, and Kendrick worked so well together. Yes. Um, he they should was, make more music together. Him, Belial, Anna Wise. Yeah, so Thundercat, Belial, and Anna Wise were all locked in the studio for eight months with Kendrick while recording. And this is and this is one of the early early sounds. And we'll kind of get to the overall theme of it at the end. But Untitled Untitled Three. Now this one, this one you and I both saw, right? The performance, yes. right? Colbert the, performance for this, yeah. for the verses. It was it was incredible, and so this song is really cool. Um, it's very it's very interesting because he it shows off how just how good of a storyteller he is. Like yeah. people forget just because he's so lyrically gifted that like he's also very he's also very good with the deep story. thinker yeah. thing overall too. Like it's really existential, and he's talking about like these are these are like. I don't know, come to terms with life, I think, on this track a little bit or something. He really is. Yeah. Looking for answers. And he's he's telling this he's telling this story from the perspectives of an Asian person, an Indian person, a black person, and then ultimately a white person. All these perspectives he mentions what they're what they value most. So he starts with Asians, how they value peace of mind stereotypically, and Indians value the land. Black people value sex, and then white people value exploiting uh, exploiting other ethnicities for money. They value greed and he money. Just, and he just on that performance, man, that's one of my favorite Kendrick performances. Yeah. He just takes he bring, it to another. He's level. really passionate. Like he can just bring the passion out whenever. Yeah, and it's just so it's it's so you good. Can tell he's really invested in his music. 
Yeah. Um, so that was one of the that was one of the awesome ones. It's a short little two minute track, but it's just it's just really good. It was also it was also very nice to finally get a CD queue. Yeah, finally have yeah, a, exactly. a finished song. Version. I had I had the YouTube torrented version on my phone forever. <laughs> yeah, I I go back to YouTube and listen to it. Exactly, uh, and like you couldn't even find a good quality one yeah. either because you know Kendrick anything Kendrick posts on uh, performance wise gets taken down unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I I love that. Shout out to Stephen Colbert again, Kendrick on the show. Yeah, it's and like... did you see did you see his uh, this is kind of off topic, but did you see his one when he once Colbert got the new show? Where he performed four songs off to Fifth Butterfly. No, I didn't see that. He performed. You gotta. It's it sucks now because the original version is taken down, and so like there's only one version, but it's super sped up, which sucks. Oh, weird. So like it sounds like totally different. But yeah. he performed Wesley's Theory, uh, then then uh, Mama, then um, uh, then King Kunta, and then You, and it was just it, it was incredible. It was one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. I gotta see that. Yeah, you, I I gotta show you it because it's it's incredible. Um, but anyways, let's get to track four. So how do you feel about track four, Will? I think it's kind of unnecessary, honestly. I mean, yeah. overall, it's, it's just the interlude has the answer. Yeah. I, I think, I think though this album, because it's, I think, I think, I think once again, it shows though that like he can just take, he can just throw an interlude in a project full of misfits and leftovers and yeah. then like make it work. Yeah, I will say it is a nice transition to the next track. It is. It is a nice transition. It kind of basically sets up, it's only what, like a minute long, something yeah, like that. Yeah, minute 51. So okay, yeah. So, so it's very, uh, I don't think Kendrick's even on it, right? It's just, uh, it's just the, there's those people, the female vocals, I think. Really? I think so. I think that's all it is. I, I can't remember off the top. Let me see if I can, if the credits, what the credits say. So um yeah yeah it's just from SZA, uh really SZA. are the vocals. SZA, she's incredible. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait for that album, but that's a whole nother discussion. So, uh yeah I like that I like that a lot. Again it's just kind of an interlude and it's kind of one of those reoccurring themes that he has on this album or this project I should say. He has a few the pimp pimp and yeah. uh and then he has the head is the answer head is the future, yeah. <laughs> which is real funny. Uh, but uh, I'll let you guys. I'll let you guys think about that. I, I won't go into depth about that. But, but yeah, it's a pretty simple line. <laughs> um, Untitled Five. This was the one he performed on the Grammys. This one was this incredible. Way, this might be my favorite song of the entire project. You think so? Yeah, the production stands out first of all. His the verses overall the tone. And also at the very end, where he's training bars yeah. with J Rock. Yeah, that that is awesome. But yeah. the passion he has in the first one is yeah. really incredible. Um, it's a story, first of all. Yeah, it's a story. Back to storytelling. And the the hook is so gripping too. I think mm-hmm. the who's on the hook? Do you um, know? The hook is, I believe, it's SZA again. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's uh, well, Anna Wise, Belial, and SZA wow. are all on the hook. And it's, it's a quiet lineup. Of yeah. singers. <laughs> he is such a talented, such a talented lineup. Um, and, and so it's, it's like it's this verse about Kendrick, his anger and thirst for vengeance. But in the end, he at the last moment he shows his humanity, and it's great. And then yeah. that J Rock, J Rock once again, I I feel like J Rock is at his best when he's at, when he's featured in Kendrick Lamar he, album on Money Trees. He yes. goes off on Money Trees. Man. And then and then again on this one, this one's one of his best. Uh, I think I think I could say that J Rock's my second favorite member of Top Dog. Yeah, I love I love J Rock too, but I f- I just feel like Kendrick just brings out another level in him. Yeah, like you can tell Kendrick, they 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 work well together. Yeah, they they just have such a great chemistry, and they even show it by like you said trading off the bars, which is a good point. Um, but on untit- track six, Untitled Six is. 
That one's that one, that one might be my favorite off of this. Oh really? Yeah, beautiful, beautiful yeah. song. Uh, Musically, yeah, it's like it's just it's it's lush. I don't it's know how to got, describe yeah, it. It's very lush. That's a good that's a good way of putting it. And so it's a song with uh it's a song with CeeLo Green on the hook, and it's very just melodic and catching. Kendrick singing, mm-hmm. and it sounds if you've heard "To Pimp a Butterfly," it's a lot like "For Sale." I mean, it, again, this isn't really confirmed, confirmed. But I mean, Kendrick said it in interviews, and you can kind of connect the dots that um, there were some songs that just didn't make the album because the sampling wasn't cleared in time, and this was one of them. And if you just listen to this, it sounds exactly yes. like "For Sale," doesn't it? It's the same. It sounds like the same idea to me. Or same something. idea. Yep. Same. M- musically, theme. for sure. Because it's it's all about like I I do think "For Sale" ultimately fits better with the album. Well, I mean, that's not really that's not really a huge discussion point we have to get into. But yeah. I would um, agree with you though. But yeah, I I just I think that does fit better. But also, you can definitely tell it's the same thing because he's singing from the perspective of like Lucifer trying to entice him, mm-hmm. uh, which is very very cool. So once again, religion comes back into play, and well, it was very strong things. in five uh, until five, the one we just talked about yeah. with with uh, the the whole verse. You got the Bible and the trunk, and make sure to mention it. Yeah, I feel like just, it's always him juxtaposing like religion, like gang, yeah, gang activity. Really, exactly. He's always trying to he's always trying to find that right balance it's just a beautiful it's a short what is it like two minutes i believe uh so it's six yeah three, to, three and a half minutes three and a half wow so it's actually i think you're thinking of for sale because that's yeah. like yeah yeah you know. yeah but um quick song it's very it's very easy to listen to and yeah. kendrick delivers just a really thoughtful verse i like it a lot uh and then we transition to untitled seven so i think this is the one with the most discussion this, so it starts with the levitate, levitate, levitate. Yes. The beginning of this song is incredible. Incredible, I love, yeah. I love the beat. It reminds me of Untitled 2 again with like the dark yes. trap thing going on. But it's and, almost, it's almost, it's a lot lighter though, I would say. Yeah. Than it's, Untitled 2. It's more hype, I guess. I don't know. Like, yeah. It's like more like party oriented. Yeah, versus... it's it's more light where like Untitled 2 is like, it's definitely hype, and it, but it's in its own way. It's very dark. Like it, that... Levitate something you could throw on in the club versus like mm-hmm. Untitled Two is like something that's just like damn, then, like this is dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's the the beat switch up on that. Yes, which the beat supposedly is made by a five year old. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, it might yeah. Be. Uh, who's whose son is that? Swizz's son, right? I think so. Yeah, I believe it's Swizz's son. Uh, let me look up. Uh, yeah, Young Egypt, I think. Yeah, Young Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> so so um. Yeah, so so Swizz's son produced this beat. Who's five years old? I mean, obviously he really did it, but yeah. you know he he has the credits on here. So so yeah, so it has a short little levitate. Then it transitions into uh, then it transitions into this nice like little verse that Kendrick gives. And I believe this was the only thing that was recorded after uh, "To Pimp a Butterfly" because he's kind of reflective of "To Pimp a Butterfly" on it. There's yeah. two beats and like this from four in one song. I wonder if that was intentional. From the beginning, or if like he wanted to keep the track list short on this album, or I mean this project, and so he, he just joined them together. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's the only, it's the only one that says 2014 to 2016. Yeah, which, yeah, that's which true kind too. Of indicative of, uh, of being recorded afterwards. Yeah, and I think this is the only part that um, I think this is the part that was recorded. I don't think the levitate was recorded after. I don't think so either. That sounds it sounds like the yeah. same time frame as Untitled 2 to me. Yeah, it's Untitled 2, Untitled 3, all of these. Okay, I gotta get your thoughts on this. So so there's a third part to this song. <laughs> you mean the most? The most, the longest part of the song, too. I, mean, and, I, I can't even know if you're gonna refer to it as like a third part. It's like a, it's like it's just like a skit or an yeah. interlude he'd like attach at the end. 
Yeah. I mean, I it's mean, the way it's re- broken down in Genius is it's part three, so yeah. I'll just, I'll just yeah. go with that. It's, it's really strange. I think it's kind of, it's, a, it's the un, I guess it's the unfinished version of, of the, the earlier interlude. Yeah. Untitled four has the answer. It seems kind of redundant to me a little bit almost. To me, I kind of connected it more to like I, on on to Pimple Butterfly, where it's just like he was just adding like some live instrumentation. Yeah. Only this wasn't a performance; this was just a recording. <laughs> it just felt strange to me to attach it to the end of yeah of Untitled Seven. He could have made like maybe a separate track or something. Yeah, or like unta- or attach it to Untitled Four. Well, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. he could have he could have done some different things with it. But to me, to me, it's very. Uh, I don't know how to say this, but it's it's something that only I feel like only Kendrick Stans will enjoy. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I don't think there's many people. I really enjoy it, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't think there's many people. Even Kendrick Stans, I think I don't think there's a lot of people that enjoy it. Like it's kind of cool because it's fun. Like he's having mm-hmm. fun, and like you can hear him having it fun may, with may the like, music. What's but, he like in like his creative process a little yeah. bit? That he's like just vibing out. Yeah. So I think it's bit. cool, but I don't think it needed to be like three whole minutes. Yeah, I don't think not and, at all. Yes. Especially after Levitate into the second song, you know, yeah. all of a sudden you hear with this weird, this yeah. weird live skit. Yeah, the, it was just like it was just like kind of there. It, it had no place in the album, really, though. I feel like so I don't know where he would have stuck it other than that. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, uh, let's get to track eight. So track eight was my favorite. It's fun. It's dance centric. It's a, a song about funky. love and money. It's really funky. That's how I describe it. Yeah, to me, <laughs> I describe it as a poor man's these walls. You know. What I mean? Yeah, I yeah, I see that. I think Thundercat. Did most of the production on Tal Day, or he was had a big hand in it. I yeah. remember reading an interview. Yeah, he's definitely here. he was very involved in it. Um, he's very involved all, all over this. Yeah, like I, like we said, it was the same. It's going to be mostly the same people because the same people were locked I in love the studio. Thundercat. Yeah, that's Thundercat. What, that's what I gotta say. That's Thundercat's why. awesome. Did you, did you hear? This is off topic. But did you hear the song he did with SZA? No. Um, okay, oh I, I'll show you that after the podcast because that's incredible. Um, I, it might be on her album. I don't know, but anyways, yeah, that sounds he was Thundercat was uh, was on the production and the vocals and in Untitled Eight, and it's just it's a very uh, fun dance centric song. Nice and, way to wrap it up, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, it was a nice way to wrap it up too. And then he, uh, the the whole pimp pimp thing comes back into play, which is like mm-hmm. kind of a, a reoccurring theme, I should say. About, I will about say too, Thundercat said that uh, the all that Untitled Eight actually has a name and it's called Blue Faces, but yeah. I guess Kendrick decided to name all these tracks untitled for yeah, the point of the project. For the, for the point of the untitled unmastered. So once again, Kendrick even brings a concept to an eight-track yeah. EP <laughs> you're, you're of leftover have... songs that didn't even make the album. Yeah, all the like the, the B-sides pretty much. Yeah. You made some, a unique project out of it. It's crazy that like an album full of B-sides might be one of like the best hip-hop releases this year. Yeah. like It's it's a, it's crazy, but yeah. So to me, I'm, I'm glad ultimately that These Walls replaced track eight. Mm-hmm. Um, on on to Pimple Butterfly because I really think they are these along the same so same level. These yeah. walls are so groovy. So glad that that won a Grammy. That's yeah. one of my that's one of my favorite moments. I mean, that song's just incredible. Probably one of the best hip hop songs last year. Yeah, I would I would totally agree with that. Uh, but but we're getting kind of off track here. Yeah. So let's <laughs> so let's get back. So now that we're now that we're done going through the tracks, will give me some of your overall thoughts. I think this project is a sign. First of all, Kendrick, obviously, it's still had more tracks he wanted. They didn't fit the album, so he wanted to throw them out there. Mm-hmm. He wanted to give fans the, the songs he thought weren't the same, probably the same part, or maybe, like, they're better versions of for the album. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also a sign that, like, maybe he's moving on from this sound. And then, like, yeah. these are, like, this is, like, the last we're going to see of this, like... I would agree with that. funky jazz kind of thing. 
I, I would agree with, I, I would think that, I, I mean, Kendrick, you can't box him in anymore because he's done everything, yes. but at the same, at the same time, like, I feel, I feel like he's going to be one of those people that has a new sound every album. Yeah, I, don't I agree. Think, like Kanye. I don't think, yes, I think he's definitely going in that direction where he's going to, um, mm-hmm. you know, whether, whatever he wants to do next, we'll, we'll see, but, um, to me, overall, this, this album or EP, whatever you want to call it, is essentially a combination of leftovers that didn't make the cut of Pimp Butterfly. And I think it's a really cool thing that he dated the tracks because there's like there's like real fans like me of Pimp Butterfly. For those of you yeah. that have heard my podcast, Specific they know they know that I'm the biggest Pimp Butterfly fan. To me, it's like the holy grail of rap music. I, I love it. I think it's going to be a great album that lives on forever. Mm-hmm. And so to me, this was so cool that he put the dates in the track so you can really follow the timeline and the creative process that we talked about. And you'll notice that it's it was just it, it's just had such a different sound. And I think Untitled, Untitled 8 and 6 really do show how it evolved, right? Yeah. Which was, I think, nice that he closed it with some of those. It's also interesting. This is... This is uh, something we should maybe mention, but, like, Untitled 2 and Untitled 7 both had, like, there was a way more, like, trap-esque than, like, anything that was on the album. Yeah. I wonder if they made this album because they didn't fit that album because he moved away from, like, more trap and moved more towards, like, the jazz and funk yeah. thing. Yeah, and he had the jazz and funk, and then he kind of lightened the trap. Like, I mean, it was still there on, like, tra- uh, tracks like King Kunta and, like, Hood Politics was very Hood heavy. Hood Politics and All Right had, like, a little bit of Yeah, it. All Right and, yeah. But definitely, like, he moved away from the darker trap, that's yeah, for sure. The, it made more lighthearted or something. Yes, yes, definitely lighthearted and used the jazz to lighthearted. it. Uh, so that was that was a good point. But um, to me, once once again, it shows how he can make an album just of leftovers and somehow make it cohesive and link it to The Pimp of Butterfly while making conscious music with tremendous replay value. Because, I mean, this, yes. this EP is only 35 minutes, so it's something that you can always listen to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can listen to it on a car ride to work. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you can listen to the whole thing front to back in between classes in my comb. Exactly, I listen to it, getting ready for this podcast. Yeah, and it's just to me, to me, it's great. Um, and I think, I think though that I want to, I want to throw this out there to you. I think it only works. I don't think any artist can like release just a leftover of tracks that didn't make an album like this be- I think it only works because To Pimp a Butterfly is so deep and thoughtful yeah. would you agree with that that I, like it, I don't know how often an artist do this sort of thing but Kendrick I mean yeah he does not it. it's still a great project right and you can tell that like I wonder how many tracks he recorded in total for To Pimp a Butterfly between 30 and 40 that's it that's yeah. all wow so that means we now have 24 of the 30 so have, to 40 we have like at least half yeah we have at least half if not if not more. the majority of them yeah. that's crazy yeah and they're um, all like so for quality exactly none of them none of them are quality and like you gotta think some of those are skits probably that just didn't work or whatever so songs like maybe. so I mean we got most of the music wow of that of that album and it's very cool that he did that he did this. And and again, I think it's just because it's it's such a deep album that it works, you know what I mean? Like Yeah. Because it gives fans an insight and to the creative process and I really appreciate it. It's like mm-hmm. it's almost like it's almost like this this album or this E P serves as like almost a documentary of To Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah. Or it's also like it's also like a continuation almost or something too in, in some yeah. ways it's really interesting to listen especially if you listen to it right after you listen to to Pepper Butterfly yeah 
They kind, yeah, of, they or, kind of adds to they kind of add to each other. Yeah, they kind of they it kind of I think I think it raises the respect of each project raises the respect of the other, so to speak. They are attached basically. So I I encourage people when they listen to Pimp Butterfly to also listen to Untitled Unmastered. I think that if you listen to Untitled Unmastered, you learn to have more of an appreciation for where the sound developed. Mm-hmm. But I like I like your great point that you had earlier um, about the fact about the fact that you think this is like the end of the sound and that's why that's why you dropped this. Yeah, and I I would totally agree with that. That was a that was a very good point. Yeah, I'm always excited to see what he's going to do next. Exactly, you can't box him in like he's like he said on Black Friday. It's true. He's like. He you can't box him in. He made, took a bunch of different influences and made something unique yeah. for an album. And I think he's going to continue pushing the boundaries. And this is just only, this is always just once again, this would be something that would be cool for him to continue to do. But I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a trend that he'll continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's, it's very, it's very well it could be because this is untitled and unmastered. He didn't title the track. He didn't take time to even master it. You can tell on track three, right, that it's very unmastered. It has a very. I don't know if the drums are live, some yeah. of the drums, but you can tell. You can tell that, like, there's a lot of songs and a lot of moments you could tell that, like, aren't mixed right, right? Like, Untitled 5 as well. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, that that transitions into our into our range because I think we're ready for that. Uh, to me, to me, I don't know. I don't know how to grade this. I'm struggling to grade this it's, because... It's, first of all, it's hard because it's not like... It's it's unmastered. What, the, what do you, also, it's also, like, an EP, which yeah. is a whole other thing. Yeah. So to me, like ultimately, I came up with this when I was thinking about it. I I had to think. I had my notes for this done for weeks, but I I just couldn't. Uh, I I struggled with grading with the whole grading for like a whole week, and so I finally came to the conclusion of an eight. But it's not an eight that would be compared to a normal album. You yeah, know what I mean, I think actually I think I would agree with you. I think I give it an eight, but I'd also say like. Since it's not like a, a normal album, it's right because all the all the tracks are solid, but it's also such a short project that yeah. you can't really and like it does have its flaws, like or or it's like low moments, which is like you know the the whole the whole skit thing, mm-hmm. which is to me, I think I think arguably a low moment. I think yeah because it only it only hits at certain times, like it's only you have to be in the right mood to really kind and of also, enjoy that skit. The other thing might be like comparing it to like Kendrick's full albums. Yeah, it wouldn't be fair because it's an EP, but also. Right. It's also their other, his other projects. Yeah, so I think I think an eight is a fair grade for me. You said you're sticking with an eight as yeah, well. Yeah, I was also thinking an eight. Which, if you're listening to these podcasts I'm doing, I gave Birds a nine. Yeah, <laughs> another song of an eight. Yeah, call me out on Twitter if you want to. It's okay. Yeah, call him out on Twitter at uh, Will Wade at Will Wade three thousand three thousand. I'll take all the hate. I don't mind. Will Wade three thousand Andre three thousand. They're working yeah. together on something. Shh. Stay tuned. Oh my gosh, you can't reveal that. You gotta scrap the podcast, man. <laughs> you gotta delete the pod. All right. So, Will, it was great having you on. Uh, I enjoyed. I enjoyed this. This was one of the. This was one of the releases of twenty sixteen that just before I started doing releases, this was dropped. So I want to before the year's over get back. So don't worry if there was some projects you liked in twenty sixteen that I didn't yet. Uh, that I didn't yet review. Because I will get to them, I promise. Uh, I promise that I will get to most of the most of the big hitting projects that were released this year. I'm trying to catch up, so we have this is to do Lil Yachty. Master. No, we don't. <laughs> we have to do Lil We Yachty don't next. have to do Lil Yachty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you, thank you for coming on, Will. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, what was your SoundCloud too? I'll let you plug your SoundCloud as well. 
have no idea. You have no idea? WBW 2121, I think. Okay, well, whatever it is, I'll find it and I'll put it in the link so that you guys can yeah. <laughs> so that you guys can just click the link. Uh, Perfect. Uh, but you guys know where to find my stuff on Twitter and Snapchat. Uh, that's Crispy1132, C-H-R-I-S-P-Y-1132. I don't, I don't promote... Um, or I don't promote my Snapchat that much on the podcast, but I'm I'm starting to use my Snapchat as another platform to promote my podcast. Give Smart. fans give fans some sneak peeks and everything, and it's fun. I'll do a lot of uh, a lot I do a lot of live recording on Snap while I'm while I'm doing a podcast. Unfortunately, we didn't get to any today. I kind of got I kind of got into the discussion, but, deep but I discussion wanted, in between yeah. these podcasts too. Yeah, and, and between these podcasts, we had some deep discussion. Um, so. I, I just want to say that follow follow my Snapchat because that that'll give you some insight into what's coming up. I'll tease and promote some things, and it's a great way to stay involved. And for those of you that don't know, I also do NBA podcasts, which are also with my iTunes and Podbean. <laughs> so I do both. Review players individually. Yeah, yeah we review <laughs> players and we review. <laughs> and uh, but anyways, it, it's it's great. It's an NBA podcast and uh, dedicated strictly to the NBA, obviously. And mm-hmm. so you can find all my content on my Twitter, and that's C H R I S P Y eleven thirty two. Once again, that's my Twitter, and I, I have a link to my iTunes and my Podbean. So whatever you prefer, uh, both of them have all my hip hop as well as all my NBA. So you can pick and choose what you want to listen to at any time. Uh, no ads, no promotion, none of that. I'm not famous enough for that yet. <laughs> so, but if you guys want to help me get there, you guys can subscribe, share. Yeah. And tell all, your friends. Yes, rate five stars. All of that is free to you, by the way. I'm the only one paying for this. And um, if you guys, if you guys promote and subscribe and all that, that's what that's what the sponsorships see. So that's how they reach out because sure they don't have, track the numbers. I'm they sure track every, every listener probably has probably has at least one fan, one friend who's a fan of hip hop who would like exactly would that's what into, you the, into the discussion. Share this if every if every one person that listens to this podcast shares it, and then it just builds. I mean, then, mm-hmm. then, then next thing you know, I'm not doing these podcasts in my room with a microphone and a laptop, and I'm doing them in a professional studio. <laughs> in a studio. But right now, right now, and we're doing what we can. Imagine doing interviews with like some big names or something. Yeah, exactly. Listen, I want to interview Jay Z, guys. Make it happen. I want to meet Kanye in person because yes. of these podcasts. Someone I, do this. For I me. want to have Kanye on a pod. He I would want be the Kanye most entertaining. And Travis in the room together with me. Yeah. Want... With Kendrick and Tupac as well. <laughs> yes. Tupac's I know it's hologram. I want to say your next. No, time. the real Tupac, the of one in Cuba. Cuba, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for coming on this intro. Thank, this thank outro has been a little long, but we rambled. But yes, you know, it's probably the most entertaining part of the podcast. It's like Untitled and Mastered. You know, you don't know what this, you're going to get. This is our Untitled Seven. Yeah. Right now. This is Untitled Podcast Hip Hop. You know, strictly Hip Hop is the answer. Yeah. All right. So, so thank you guys for tuning in once again. Will Wade joining me yeah. for a podcast, and he'll be on again for some more stuff. So stay tuned for that. Share my horrible opinions. <laughs> yeah, at Will Wade three thousand. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to call him out, I don't mind. <laughs> thank, thank you guys for tuning in. All right, Will, and since you're here, I think it's only fair we end with rocking out to your new strictly hip hop podcast beat, courtesy of Will Beat Guy Wade.